If you're here for the very first time, we want to tell you thank you for being here. And uh, we want to make sure that you see our host in the lobby. We have something just for you. We want to tell you we value your presence and uh, thank you for uh, showing up today. All right? We, be- we do believe that if you are searching today, your search is going to be over when you see Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. We're exi- excited about you being here. I have so much to cover today. Oh, my Jesus, help me. Help me. That doesn't mean you're going to be here to 2 o'clock. It's only going to be 1.30. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to do my best to do teaching. You know, Jesus, he went to his own hometown, the Bible says. Uh, Sonny, could you hand me that? He went to his own hometown. And as he went to his own hometown, he began to preach that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and, and so on and so forth. You can find that in Luke chapter 4. But here's the point. They didn't believe him. And the Bible says he couldn't do any mighty works there because of their unbelief. The church has had a problem with unbelief. Now, you can decide what you believe. I didn't say that people weren't showing up to church. That's not what I said. We have, a tr- we have a problem with unbelief. And the problem has been that we are more educated in the foolishness of man's wisdom than we are in the Word of God. And because of that, it gives trouble to your believing mechanism. You were designed to believe the Word of God. And when we deviate from that, then we're, we're having problems and we don't know why we're having problems. We can eliminate a lot of problems if we just get word-minded. That went really big. And so I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I can to teach. I, I want to preach, but I, I, I got to come back down and teach because you need understanding. The Bible says... Get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And by the way, I'm, I'm not going to correct Trey. I'm going to affirm what he said. There's been a lot of people uh, that I'm going to, man, Jesus, now you made me step out here. There's a lot of people that wrote books before their time. And guess what? They became famous. And as a result, they set themselves up. Because, see, when you start, you start talking about this kind of stuff, you put yourself on a level. And if you're not established, the devil, well, let me put it this way. I heard one preacher put it this way years ago, and I'm going to use it. The devil will eat your lunch and pop your sack. And it's happened many, many times. That's why... It's line upon line, precept upon precept. You're supposed to be continually growing. It's not enough just to get saved from your sins and be on your way to heaven and do the best you can until you get there. In fact, I heard a preacher say yesterday, and I have to agree with him, heaven is not your home. Well, that went really good, too. See, there's another thing, people saying stuff like, nowhere in the Bible does it say heaven's your home. Your home is wherever the presence of God is. 
You follow? In fact, if you study the Bible, heaven is coming to earth. And yet Christians have spent most of their time being foolish trying to get out of here. Okay? Now, when a person does die, they go into the heavenly realm. But heaven's here this morning. Okay? And I'll just leave it like that because we don't have time. We've been talking about a subject that I think is so important, and it's called divine order. God deals with systems. When you do not, when we don't have a system, a system is putting things not in order of importance, but not just in the order of importance, it's an arrangement. That's what order is. Putting things in appropriate arrangement the way they're supposed to be in order for maximum efficiency, okay? God works in systems. The solar system, God created the solar system, spoke it into existence and arranged it the way he intended it to be, okay? And we're going to look here in Genesis in just a moment, uh, but I, I want you to get that aspect of it. If you don't have a system, and that's what's wrong. Man operates in a different kind of system because of the fallen human nature that came through Adam and Eve. And that fallen human nature operates in a wisdom. The Bible says it is earthly. That wisdom is earthly, sensual, and demonically inspired. What does that create? It creates chaos or disorder. Okay, God is the one that decided the laws that govern our solar system. Are you following me? Everybody with that, right? God is the one that, why? Because he's the creator. The, cre the creation doesn't tell the creator how it's going to operate. The creator tells the creation how it's going to operate. And God gave a mankind the... And what I said, he, he created mankind to be able to choose. Okay? And here again, I'm, I'm going way, way out there that I, I don't have time to go through all of it because of time's sake, but we're going to cover as much territory as we can. And we're the only creature that has that choice now. God's dealing with mankind. You follow me? Angels had a different deal. We're not dealing with angels right now. We're dealing with mankind. This is, the, this is the age of mankind. And God created man to be able to choose. God doesn't want you to love him as a uh, uh, how would I say? He don't want to make you love him. He wants you to choose to love him. I'm, okay, let me give, give you an example. How many of you are married or have been married or whatever the case may be? You can't make your spouse love you. Now, you can do what you can to, and I don't want to say, in, it's not even a good word, entice, be nice. Let's, be, let's use that. Love them, and they'll love you back. I can't go in my house and, and, and say, Zona, I demand you to love me. How many of you think it's going to work out very well? If you think that, then you don't know my wife very well. 
That's not going to work. That's not going to work for anybody. God doesn't do that. Love, love has to be given. Did you hear what I said? It has to be given. It can't be demanded. So when you understand that, God gives man a free will to choose. And when I say, please hear me when I say man, y'all understand and determine I'm talking about mankind, male and female. I could go into the scriptures and say when God referred to man, he was referring to male and female. There's a verse in, in, in Genesis uh, that tells us that. Okay? When he said Adam, he called them both Adam. Adam and Eve. Do you know that's in the Bible? Most people don't. Why? Because most Christians don't read their Bible. This is the instruction book, and it'll give you understanding on how God's system operates. Now, before I get too far in that, let's give just a brief, I mean very brief recap of what we've went over. We find in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I believe it's verse 33, makes this statement. That God is not the author of confusion. We'll say it another way. Another word for the word confusion there is the word of dis, we could say disorder. So God does not create disorder. Did you get that? Make sure you, you let that. So if God is not the author of disorder, where does it come from? It comes from the devil. Anything that God created... God set in a divine order. And the devil comes, the enemy, out of rebellion to try to create the chaos and the disorder. And in creating the disorder, throws everything into confusion and makes everything void. You follow me? It's in a state of confusion. How many of you have ever felt confused? Nobody's, uh, just half of you, right? You've had perfect thought every time. Sure, sure. I wonder about you while you're listening. Confusion is of the enemy. And it's designed to get you to make a choice out of that confusion. The word of God will bring peace. And he'll help you to make a choice that's based upon truth versus confusion. We have much confusion in our generation at this moment. That confusion is designed by the devil. There's confusion about medical science. And it's because the devil has perpetrated medical science with his lies, listen carefully, and manipulation based upon, listen carefully, those who have been tempted by their own desires. And you're confused. They have constantly moved the goalposts. Meaning, they don't know what the heck they're doing. 
All true science verifies God's word. Any science that deviates from that is not science in its real term. It's a hypothesis or a theory. It's taught now in public school, for example. It's taught that man wasn't created by God. He evolved. It's called evolution. Do you know that that is a theory? Do you know what a theory is? It is an opinion that cannot be verified by fact. And yet it is taught as science. Are you with that? You understand what I'm saying? It's a deviation from what the word of God says. So therefore, and this is what our secular society wants to do, is separate People, if, if they want to be religious, and they'll use that term, that's fine as long as you keep it in a building where you meet and there's no power associated with it to affect your life. In other words, it becomes nothing more than a social gathering, and it doesn't become anything more than that. And it's supposed to be separated from your everyday life. And in the way God created mankind, God created mankind, that is what's supposed to lead you. Wow, went really big. I hope you're rejoicing, those that are live streaming. <laughs> now, here's what I want you to, I want you to see, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down for a purpose. I want you to think by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, And the earth was without form and void. It is impossible. I want you to listen to me. It is impossible for the creator to create anything that doesn't have, it doesn't have form and doesn't have uh, order. The first law of God is order. And if you don't comprehend that, then you're going to you're going to lack understanding. That's the best way I could say it. You're going to lack understanding. You're going to fall prey to the lies of the devil, and you're never going to know it. And you'll get, out, you'll get out of sync with God. That's what's going on now. And he said, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Did you get that? Darkness. Everybody say darkness. What does chaos create? It creates the element for which the devil can operate. The Bible says a thief operates in the night or obscurity let's put it that way he doesn't operate in the light now i know that burglaries happen during the day now but guess what if he knows that you're standing at the front door with a shotgun do you think he's going to show up 
No, he is not. So what he's going to do, he does it in obscurity or in the dark, if we could. That's how the devil works. That's his nature. So the devil created this, the, the, the whole atmosphere of chaos in our society today is created by the devil so that he can operate and do things that he intends for our nation and is for you as an individual. You know, I, you know, I went to the doctor to get a checkup just Monday. And, uh, you know, he asked me how I was doing and so on and so forth. You know, he's, he's checking me out. And, and I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm going through all the changes everybody else is. You know, the stress, the stressful changes, you know. And uh, he, he laughed at me. He's an oriental guy. And he laughed. Dr. Wu, he kind of, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I said, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, he had to rearrange his office and you know, all that kind of stuff. I said, I'm going through the same thing. So I, there's no one that's exempt right now from these changes. And, it, and, it, and it's forced upon us. As it's forced upon us, now we don't even know what to believe. Some of us are, some people are even questioning God. Some people are, but this has been going on for decades. This has just now been brought to the surface, to a head, if we would. And so we need to understand that God doesn't operate like that. He operates in the light. You'll notice the next thing that God says in Genesis chapter 1. And the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Everybody with that? Let there be light. Now, when he said that, he wasn't talking about the sun. S-U-N. He's talking about truth. It's going to like, the Bible says it this way. <laughs> what guides your body is the eye. Jesus said this. He said, what guides your body is the eye. So you get information through your eye, and guess what happens? Now that information now illuminates your understanding, and you begin to guide your affairs by that understanding. And Jesus goes on to say, if thine eye be evil, thy whole body is full of darkness. Now, what's he talking there? If your eye be evil, your whole body's full of darkness. What's he talking about? He's talking about if you give more credence or give more uh, reality or you give more of yourself to believe the, the, the evilness that's going on, then your whole body is going to be filled with the darkness of that understanding. And you'll begin to make decisions based upon that darkness. He said, if, if, your, eye, if your eye is generous, that's one translation. In other words, you're, you're, you're looking for truth, then your whole body's filled with light. That's why I keep saying you've got to pay attention to where you get your information. There's two kinds of knowledge. There's two kinds of wisdoms. 
There's a wisdom that's from above, and then there's a wisdom that's on the earth. There's a wisdom, there's a knowledge that's from above, and then there's a knowledge that's from the earth. And if you fill your whole life with the knowledge that's on the earth, then guess what? The knowledge that you have, and this, this has happened to all of us. Fallen human nature fills us with this kind of knowledge. It's the knowledge of evil. Remember the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Okay. Your body will be, your whole understanding will be based upon that. Now, God begins to set things in order. He begins to divide right there in verse, I believe it's verse 3. He begins to divide the light from the darkness. Did you get that? The light from the darkness. Do you know that's where we're at right now in human history? A division has come. A division has come. And the division is those who are going to trust God and believe his word and those who are not. And the ones that do not are going to persecute the ones that do. If you dare in the United States, which is supposed to be the freest nation in the world or in human history as a nation. Now, if you have an opposing opinion to the narrative of their darkness today, you're persecuted. You can even lose your job. That's called persecution. It really gets radical in other, uh, other uh, nations like Afghanistan. Now, you, you've got to understand that we have to have a biblical worldview. How does God look at this worldly system. It's anti-God. It's anti-creator. It's anti-Bible. It's anti-Christian. It's anti-God, period. And God looks at that. And Christians, I'm talking about people that say they believe Jesus. It's sad that some people say, well, I just want, you know, I've had this happen to me before. Where they, I have to have a funeral service. They call me for a funeral service that I didn't know the individual very well. And uh, they, some family member will make a statement like this. Well, they believed in Jesus, but they wasn't <clears throat> very much of a practicing Christian. We just want you to know that. If you don't practice Christianity, you don't believe him. And to tell, tell me that just a few minutes before service, boy, that's hard on a preacher. Now, I can't judge that. They can't judge that. But I'm trying to help you to understand something. We say we believe if we really believe God. Now, I'm not talking about giving mental assent to it. I'm talking about truly believe it down here. If we truly believe it, we act on it. For what you truly believe is what you're going to do. All right, I could take a lot of examples right now, but I'm not going to. So, true believing has corresponding action. That together, the believing and the action equals faith or trust in God. 
if, if you believe fear, guess what? If you truly believe fear, then your actions will correspond with the true belief. You cannot separate the two. Now, you can fake it for a little while. And say, I believe this, but over time it will, for the Bible says, for, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart is the believing mechanism. God created you like that. Now, oh wow, Jesus, help me, time's sake. God begins to set things in order. There are things that I wanted to go to today, but here again, I won't be able to because I'm, I'm still establishing this truth that God is a God, that the first law of God is order. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and went into cahoots with the devil through the temptation of that snake, he threw God's creation, the devil threw God's creation of mankind in a disorder. Now mankind is going to believe, but he's going to believe darkness. He's going to take up on the nature of that darkness. He's going to act accordingly. And he's really going to be the child of the devil. Have you ever noticed when a baby's born, they're first pure, they don't... But it doesn't take long for them to develop a nasty little nature. <laughs> okay? Doesn't take them long till about two or three years of age, and man, they are little brats. <laughs> Loving little brats, but they are. And then if you don't bring, listen carefully, as a parent... And, and the number one responsibility of the parent is to train the child in the way he should go, not the educational system. See, that's not God's order. God's order, who did he give those kids to? You. You may not even have asked for them. But he gave them to you. You got to take responsibility. Quit shoving it off to someone else. Quit shoving it off to the teacher. Quit shoving it off. Listen carefully. Quit shoving it off over there to our children's ministry. We're only supposed to reinforce what you should be teaching at home. And when there's a breakdown of that order, we're always being a day late and a dollar short. And we wonder where God's at. And we're, we don't understand that this system has now thrown a wrench in the machinery that God intended to operate smoothly. And now we have to contend with fallen human nature. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Father's patience. Long-suffering with humanity. He had a plan of salvation. The devil didn't catch him by surprise. He had a plan from the very foundation of the world. He knew the devil was going to try this because he knows how the devil operates. And he knows that the devil always tries to circumvent God's divine order. He brought Jesus into the earth. Oh, man. 
Jesus that walked with perfect harmony with the Father God who is the creator. Okay? And as he did, he thought like the creator. He walked like the creator. He had the attitudes of the creator. The way God intended Adam and Eve to have at the beginning. That's why God Almighty had to become a man because man didn't know how to live. Man was living after this fallen nature, which was never God's creation. And so he brought, listen carefully, an example. Now, he did save us. Don't, here's, a, here's the other aspect. He did come and open the way. He is the truth, the life, and the way. In fact, it actually puts it like this. That he's the way, the truth, and the life. He was the way for us to know the truth so we could live the life. But Christians have had a big problem. We make excuses for our flesh that was supposed to be crucified. Are you following me? What do you do with the flesh? You cru crucify it. And so we never want to talk about crucifying the flesh. Never, never. God gives us opportunity every day. But we don't like doing that. It's like Trey said earlier. That's what he was really saying. We're telling God how to bless us, when to bless us. And God says, I want to give you a big clue. This is what the Bible says. He'll prosper the work of your hands. So if you don't like working, how are you ever going to prosper? And now we got a society will pay people to stay home. Take it from those who have it and give it to those who don't. Totally opposite of the plan of God. By the way, the Bible says in the New Testament, if you don't work, you don't eat. So if you ain't willing to work, we can let you starve. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I, I didn't write any of it. I have to be transformed by it. Okay? And that system of government that wants to reward laziness is anti-Bible. And guess what we do? We vote what politicians can give us by confiscating from somebody else. It's called socialism. And I know I'm going to challenge you. I know I am. But it, it, if, you don't, if you don't listen to preaching that doesn't challenge you, I promise you, you're, you're listening to nothing more than, than helping you to be comfortable in misery. I'm not going to reinforce that. Every time I feel sorry for myself, God takes me to the Word and changes me around and says, Ronnie, you're not thinking right. See, we got a poor me attitude. Everything is me, 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 me. <laughs> Where did that come from? All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Let me give you some verses in the Bible. I'm going to go to these. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Y'all thought I'd never turn to the Bible. Is it, is it Proverbs that we got here, guys? Let me get my glasses out here. No, it's in Psalms. Psalms 119. I want us to go to Psalms 119, verse 105 first, and then we'll go to Psalms 119, verse 11. Look at this. Now remember, let, let, me, let me take you to John, just for a moment, let me take you to John 1.1. In the beginning, God created, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So what is the Word? It's God. Right? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, the Word, created the heavens and the earth. The heaven and the earth. Is that right? Okay. So when we talk about the Word of God, I want you to hear this. Because what we're fixing to see is why, why we mess up and we don't understand why we mess up. Look at verse 105. The word is a lamp unto my feet. What is? And a light unto my path. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And that word lamp is the word candle to my feet. We live in a dark world, worldly system. And we're going to have to have light. How many of you have ever had the telephone ring back when you had landlines? And your telephone ring, you got up in the middle of the night when it was pitch black in the darkness and stumped your big toe on the corner of the bedstead. How many of you let out a hallelujah? I'm not going to ask you that. I, really, I don't want no real response. Okay. Okay. It caused harm for you to operate in the darkness. Okay? And I promise you, whether you call yourself a believer or not, and evidently you must, be, you must believe in God some way or you wouldn't be here today or you wouldn't tune in, or you're wanting to, let's put it that way. You need to understand that the Word of God is a lamp or a candle to my feet. And watch this. And a light unto my path. Now, let's go over here to verse 11 of Psalms 119 for just a moment. Because I want you to see this. And then we're going to go to the book of Proverbs. Here in verse 11. The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, you can believe that Jesus went to the cross for your sin, but if you don't hide his word in your heart, I promise you, you're going to find yourself sinning with the pressures of this present world system. And, and I want you to listen to this. One of the greatest things in connection with this, Pastor Zona was teaching this. This is the date that I want you to look up. And I commission you to go and view this Bible study on August the 5th, 21. She was teaching in the book of Proverbs. She made some statements. And she's talking about the verses 21 through 23. 
slackness, slackness will make you tolerate sin. When you're slack in the Word of God, it leads you to tolerate sin. Wow, what a powerful statement. Now, goes on there, and when you're, when you're reading this in Proverbs 30, verses 21 through 23, it's dealing with, I think it's four things that are disturbing. It uses the word in the King James, disquieting. It's disturbing. One of those things is that when a servant rules, when a servant becomes the king, if we could say it that way. Okay? Now, particularly, listen very carefully, when an unfaithful servant becomes a ruler. Everybody say unfaithful. When an unfaithful servant becomes a ruler, it is very disturbing. Now, say, well, Pastor Ronnie, what are you trying to say? We have right now one of the prime examples of this verse. And Christians don't even know it's in the Bible. We have a man that has spent 40 years being a politician and did not faithfully serve this nation, served his own agenda, and now he's in the highest ranking position of this nation. And we've seen the disgrace that he has brought upon this nation for the disregard for human life just in the last couple of weeks. And yet, I'm going to tell you, there have been Christians that voted for him. You know why? They preferred, they preferred, these Christians that did it, probably none of them in this church. They preferred the style versus the principle. And it was a disregard for God. God has principles that he has lined out. Laws that he has, that governs what he creates. And when they're disregarded and we prefer style. Listen, how many of you just love people to just, oh, I just love you. Never turn around you. I love you. And while I got my arm around you, ah, 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 ah. Or do you want someone to be brutally honest to you eyeball to eyeball? That's the way, that's the way God created it to be. I want somebody to look me in the eye. I want somebody that's not uh, in operating in obscurity. You follow me? Now, here's the thing. I, want, I, I, I read that to get you to this. Because this is the law of faithfulness. Your faithfulness to what has been given you. This was given 
while pastor's on his teaching. That's why I want you to go back and listen to it. Pay attention. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you when somebody's speaking under the anointing. Learn to write it down. Give respect to it. When your, your, faithfulness, your faithfulness to what has been given you proves your loyalty to the giver. So if God has given you breath, who, where'd you get breath from? The United States government? The Supreme Court? Who gave you breath? God did. Whose breath is it? It's God's. Then you ought to respect him and be faithful to him above all others to prove your loyalty to him. Woo, man. Hallelujah. Good thing the lights are blinding me from your faces. <laughs> this principle holds true, positive or negative. If you think the government is the giver of your inalienable, inalienable rights, then you're going to be loyal to the government. But if you take your inalienable rights and are faithful to the giver with those rights, then you're proving your loyalty to him. You say, Pastor Ronnie, what has this got to do with the law of order? This is the way it was designed to be. Now, remember, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If I can get you to read your Bible daily and start believing what you're reading, don't get, don't get the preacher to read it for you. One of the greatest things of enlightenment was the day that modern man, I mean everyday man, the common man and woman could actually read the Bible for themselves. That's, that, that's when enlightenment started. That's what our nation was founded upon, by the way. In fact, if you'll understand this, back in our foundation, our forefathers wrote to the U.S. Congress and said, get us some Bibles. And they paid for the printing of Bibles to be given to the Continental Army. You couldn't get that done today. They knew that if they were to win their in, the independence, God had to be involved. Now, you ready for Proverbs? Where did I put that in Proverbs, guys? I'm talking to you. Proverbs what? 20, 27. Look at this. You need to underline this. Go back and let the word of God help you with it. Verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And that word belly means the, the center part of man and includes the heart. Now, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God told them, the day that you eat of this fruit tree, you're going to die. Meaning 
that your candle is going to go out. It's going to be absence of light. That's why it took Adam 900 plus years to die. His candle being snuffed out and having no flame to it taught him death. God never intended man to die originally. But guess what? They yielded to the lie of the devil who worked in obscurity, believed his lies, acted upon it, and now they received the nature of the devil which snuffed out the flame. Now listen very carefully. You can take this candle all day long. We could turn out every light in this building. And how many of you are just going to take this candle and walk around and be able to miss all the bumps that you'd run into? No. This candle has to be lit. It has to be what? Lit. If it's not lit, it gives off no light. It gives off no light just as long as it's a candle. But when there's a flame to it, it gives off light. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. It gives order to my life and begins to eliminate the chaos, the confusion, the obscurity that's in darkness. That's where the devil works. That's how come he can steal, kill, and destroy. Because mankind hasn't given their heart to God where he can light their candle. When God lights their candle, guess what? God's spirit now begins to illuminate your spirit. Your spirit is the candle, but the Holy Spirit is the flame. And the Holy Spirit is going to confirm the written Word of God. It never deviates. The Spirit and the Word agree, John said. And when we're letting our spirits be filled with everything else, we get confused on whether it's God or whether it's, you know, um, and then you begin, guess what? We, we get slack. I'm talking about as Christians now. We get slack. And guess what we do? We're led to tolerate sin. We're, we start embracing it. That's how come whole churches that was established upon the Word of God, uh, and I could name them, now are deviating, and they're saying, well, is the Bible really the inspired Word of God? Is, is really, is really did Mary really, really have a virgin birth? Do you know that's going on in our generation? Right now, and they're calling themselves Christian? They're not Christian. They're full of the devil. And if you allow yourself, if you allow yourself to be one, uh, involved in that kind of church, no wonder you're in a state of confusion. Hallelujah. Listen, I am too old now to appease to the masses. I'm not trying to appease the masses. I'm trying to give out truth. Who wants it? If you want it, fine. If you don't want it, fine too. 
It's your choice. I'm not going to make you do it. And you say, Pastor Ronnie, you act like you don't care. Yeah, I care. But I can't help somebody who wants to be blind and stupid. And I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I mean that with all sincerity. It's not that I don't love you. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I could keep this to me and my family and walk off. Everybody likes to be liked. But if you're going to, if you're going to speak the word of God, at, at, at the oracles of God's word, you need to be faithful to that and not the faces of the people. God told Jeremiah, he said, when I tell you to prophesy, you prophesy, and don't you dare look at their faces. Woo, man. Hallelujah. Good thing these lights are blinding me to your faces. You see, our society, it's important at this time we understand where we are at. And if the church don't wake up, there is no hope for America. I believe the church is waking up. I'm really excited because the church has been asleep way too long. I'm not just talking about in the last 18 months. I'm talking about we let them rock us to sleep. We thought coming to church meant being comfortable. And by the way, please don't go and, and, and do anything that's past my time limit. The Dallas Cowboys are coming on. <laughs> we'll see where that gets you. Take your money. Offend your belief. And make you pay for it. Make them rich. Now, now you pick. Now you done crossed it, Pastor Ronnie. <laughs> you see, we've let we've let that be more important than what God has to say. This is priority, my friend. This is how I'm supposed to conduct my life. This God knows what He's doing. Dallas Cowboys didn't create me. They didn't give me no breath. They didn't call me. They're not anointing me. You probably never asked me to pray. That's okay. Are you, are, you, are you loving Jesus? Yes, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Let me, let me close with this. God created man to where God would be the flame to their spirit man, which is their candle. Okay? As long as we give our spirit, listen carefully, fuel for the flame. And we hold that in highest regard and respect. Then our affairs, our personal affairs, and our affairs as a body of Christ will be governed by the light. In order to be spirit-led, which that's the way God created us to be, spirit-led, 
by his flame on our candle. In order to be spirit-led, we must be word-fed. You have to feed. Your spirit man feeds off the word of God. You follow that? It must be fed the word of God. And if it's not fed the word of God, your spirit is going to grow dim. And as it grows dim, you're going to keep running into things that are going to be confusing and frustrating. And then it's going to affect your emotions and your feelings and your thought processes. And that's the area where you make your choices. And it can absolutely ruin your health. Not to mention your wealth. It'll destroy your family. And you, and you won't understand what, where are you at, God? Exactly where we have left him. You have to be word-fed to be spirit-led. Now watch this. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, the flame went out. And now man is driven with sensuality. That means governed by the senses. Like on the level of an animal. Animals are driven by their senses. They're not driven by anything else. Okay. And man becomes fed with his area of the soul driven by the senses. Now listen very carefully. The body discerns things by sensual knowledge or sense knowledge. When I, I smell things, I feel things, I see things, I hear things. That knowledge is important for my body, but it's not to be governing over my spirit. If it governs over my spirit, then guess what? Now I am sensual driven. The spirit of man is to be governed by the word of God. Sense knowledge or the senses causes to discern on a sensual level. And you know what discern means? It means to distinguish. It really means to discriminate so you can make a judgment. Okay? And, when we, and everybody thinks of discrimination just in the color of skin. And, and you're missing the whole thing. That's, that's animalistic. God wants you to discern by the Spirit. That's why he said you don't look at any man's flesh. You look at the content of their heart, their heart. You look at the inside of a man. You follow me? So sensual driven people discern by their senses. Spiritual led people are governed and discerned, discern things by the word of God. Are you following me? Now look at me. Just let's be clear. And I'm going to, I, I got to close with this, but I'm going to be clear. And I'm going to use me for an example. If you discern me 
based upon the color of my skin and my red neck. If you look at me as he's just a red neck, you do that, you don't know me. Has there been a lot of gringos with red necks that have been stupid? Absolutely. I was one. But now that I am, the, the, the flame of God has ignited my spirit by his word. Guess what? What's in my heart and guiding me now is not based upon the color of, this, of my skin. It's based upon the content of God's character in me. Now I distinguish what's right and what's wrong, not based upon external uh, appearances, but on the actions and the content and the habits and the attitudes that come from the heart. Are you following what I'm saying? We've got a whole society now that is focused on one thing and they're willing to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Wokeness is of the devil. The only reason why God blessed any gringo is because they would get into the word of God. The only reason why God would bless any Hispanic is because they would get into the word of God. The only reason why God would bless any blacks is because they would get into the word of God. The word of God governs the heart of man and helps man to discern right from wrong. And if you put it in any other category, you're being animalistic. And I'm gonna stop right there. Jump to your feet, please. This is the order of how God created us to live. It's in line with his nature and his character. What has he intended for you? Glory to God. Do you know what Jesus came to do? He came to give us an opportunity to live the good life. And we wouldn't have all the strife and contention based upon sensual nature. But we could have the nature of the Father. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, this is the time to let him draw you. This is what you've really been searching for, my friend. This is the answer to all of your dilemmas. Let him be Lord of your life. I'm also including those that are viewing by live stream, not just the ones in this auditorium. The Bible says those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you just call upon Jesus, say, Jesus, come in. Save me from my sin-cursed nature. He'll come in. He'll light your spirit and make it alive again. You'll have a brand new way of living. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for every person that you're dealing with right now. I thank you, Father God, that you're drawing them by your spirit. 
Lord, no, we can't even approach you unless you draw us. And you're drawing us by your spirit. You're saying to this society, you're saying, come unto me, all ye that are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest from that sin-cursed nature. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Father, as they call upon your name. I thank you, Lord, that you're anxious and willing to come right into their life. Begin to transform them from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All you have to do is call upon him with a heart of belief and faith. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now listen very carefully. If you pray that prayer, you prayed that. You said, Jesus, come into my heart. The next step. Jesus said it. If you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father in heaven. So what, what you need to do is tell somebody, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. And go to someone in the lobby there, the, the host team, and tell them, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. They'll give you a book that'll take you, a little a handbook that'll take you through the next step over the next eight weeks to help you to know what you need to do next. Your life will never be the same. Follow through with that. Now, I want, to add, I want to say this to you, and then I'm going to dismiss you in prayer. If you need personal prayer, Trey's right up here. Trey, raise your hand. Pastor Odell's right over there. And, and Phyllis, I'm going to ask you to do this too in case there's a, a, a lady that needs prayer. Raise your hand, Phyllis. Okay, all of these have been in the ministry. Been in ministry for years. They're real seasoned, and they'll pray for you. Okay? This is what I said. They'll pray for you. They're not going to counsel you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to pray the word of God. You can trust them to pray the word of God. Okay? Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now. As we get ready to leave this place, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield. Your influence is upon our life. Follows us wherever we go. We thank you, Father God, right now that we hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Say that with me out loud. I hear your voice and the voice of another I will not follow. Jesus, I thank you right now that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name to use. And we use your name right now. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, we thank you for filling us so full of your love. That everywhere we go in our everyday life, every person we touch, your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. And give witness to your goodness. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say this one, one last thing to you, give you an announcement. October the 2nd, ladies, we're going to have Ladies Fellowship. That's on a Saturday. We'd like for you to register if you would. You want more details, you can see any of the host team in the lobby. They'll give you more uh, details on how to register. October the 2nd, okay? Don't forget that. Amen. Greet somebody around you. Let them know you're glad that they were here today.